Hey everyone, uh, my name's Chris. I'm gonna have a little bit of a chat with you today about uh, sleep. So Mark's asked me to come on. Um, sleep's sort of an area that uh, I've studied at uni and uh, I now do a lot of work with general pop population and athletes uh, on getting more sleep. So I'll wait for a few of you guys to log on and then I'll get started, all right? Uh, I'm looking at my laptop, by the way, just in case. I'm just making sure like the sound works and stuff. I've done one of these before where I've been on for like three or four minutes talking and then I've finally seen comments that said I wasn't live. So I'm just going to wait for that. Hi, Wendy. Perfect. I look at my laptop, I can see, see myself. So... Uh, I usually do this sort of sleep work myself in about an hour and a half, two hours in a, in a live workshop. So I'm going to be quite concise with things today. If you want more information, don't hesitate to get in touch. Um, you can ask your questions to Mark. He can fire, fire them across for me um, or I can send some material over and we'll get those covered. So I'm vividly aware that no one actually knows who I am. And there's just this guy in his bedroom. Um, talking to you about sleep, which is a little bit weird. So I thought I'd introduce myself. So my name's Chris Bundell. Um, I am a head coach at uh, a gym, much like Mark's, uh, but down in Portsmouth. Um, I yeah, That's my main, my main job. And um, I have a few side hustles. So I'm an accredited S&C coach, and I, I work with athletes, um, working on performance um, all the way up to an Olympic level. Uh, and then I also have another side hustle, which is what I'm here to talk to you today about, which is um, which is sleep. So one of the things I studied at my undergrad about three, four years ago was um, I researched um, sleep and uh, improving sleep habits for strength athletes. And I've had a, had a bit of a interest in it ever since then. So if you go right back to my background, I used to be in the army. I was I did bomb disposal and that was God, that was. A decade ago now I left um, and since then I, uh, I worked as an electrical engineer and uh, while I was, I was at uni studying sports science um, and then I about six years ago I converted into being a, a coach um, started off as a personal tra tra trainer still am and now I've moved on to S&C coaching. It wasn't a glitch on your, on your live feed I have a stammer as well so um, I repeat words sometimes uh, I just can't get them out um, sometimes they come across a little bit funny. Uh, what's quite ironic is actually, it's one of the reasons that I'm quite interested in sleep is my stammer's a lot worse when I when I don't get any sleep. And uh, I, I, had, I had a newborn baby um, about two weeks ago. Uh, so as you can imagine, I've had a little bit less sleep than I normally do. And uh, now I'm uh, I'm stammering a lot more than I usually do as well. So uh, don't you don't need to recheck your internet connection or anything like that. Um, it's just my stammer, unfortunately. Yeah, so... Yeah, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about sleep. So I think the first thing to do is to is to maybe talk a little bit about why sleep is so important. So no matter what your goal, um, I, I assume you all go into the gym and you're tra training for a reason, be it better health, be it um, performance at a sport, or most for most people, it's um, to look a little bit better naked. Now, now, no matter what your goal, sleep is imperative towards that goal. Now, when people talk about um sort of the, the, the fundamentals of health and, and, and fit, fit, fitness. They talk about training, they talk about nutrition, um, and that's great. However, sleep, for me, um, underpins both, both of those things. So without good sleep, it's really hard to have good training, and without good sleep, you know, you're probably not going to get good nutrition either. So 
I firmly believe that sleep is massively important. Quite a few times with people I work with, um, and it's probably been the missing factor um, as to why people weren't achieving their goals to their biggest potential. Um, and it's just, it's, sometimes it's just a few sim simple things you can do to improve people's sleep. So you, you name it, your goal, sleep massively helps. Um, to give you an example, there was some research that came out a few years ago, um, and that was uh, basically, if you're not sleeping uh, to a high quality, now that I would, that, that's around sort of anything under six, six and a half hours, uh, I would class as low, low quality sleep or not enough. And um, if you're not getting, if you're getting less sleep than that, essentially you're hungrier, your hormones change within your body and you're hungrier essentially. Uh, and that leads to you eating more. Um, now the bad thing about that as well is when you eat more, yeah, you don't go and grab the fucking broccoli. You go straight out and you go for the high calorie dense foods. No one's tired looking for vegetables. They're going straight for the toffee crisp and they're wolfing those down because they're lacking in energy. And as such, they're going for the high energy foods. Add on to that as well, that even if you are so so motivated with really high willpower that you can actually resist grabbing that extra food. Essentially, uh, research has come out and said that even if you were to remain in a calorie deficit, if you're sleep deprived, it's much more likely that that weight loss is going to come from, from muscle mass as opposed to body fat, which essentially means that even if you are super motivated and are able to train, if you're not sleeping efficiently, then when you do lose weight, it comes from muscle and not probably the fat, the fat, the fat that you wanted. So that's why that's super important when it comes to body composition. The other thing you need to consider as well is most hormones are regulated during your sleep. So testosterone, growth hormone. Now everybody knows how powerful those are. That's why the athletes take them to cheat at the Olympics, um, and they are mostly produced during deep, deep sleep uh, during the night time. So if you're not getting that, you're not producing the best hormones you can. And as such, obviously. Everyone knows the power of these hormones at producing good bodies because bodybuilders take them all the time and they're lean and muscular. So yeah, that's super important. Those hormones also play a huge role in sleep on performance. So uh, one of the ways that sleep affects performance, mostly chronic sleep, is it leads to a, a downregulation in anabolic hormones, which, as we said earlier, are super important for performance. So there's that. Uh, the other thing that how sleep affects performance uh, is... It makes you feel like you're working harder than you are. So your perceived exertion when you're tired is much higher than if you were fresh. So if you were um, out on a run, for instance, and you're going at a five, uh, you're doing a five mile run. If you were to be tired when you're doing that, you probably think you're running at a fast pace when actually you're capable of more, but you're tired. So you think you're working harder than you are. And that also plays a part in um, the body composition as well, because when you think you've put out a lot of calories during a day, um, if you're tired, chances are you've not put out as many as you thought. And um, plus if you're exercising uh, in conjunction with a, you know, with, with, with like a diet, then essentially when you are exercising, you're probably working harder than you think, think, think you are as well. So that's really important. When it comes to health as well, uh, sleep, I haven't got the time to go into all the details, but sleep has essentially been linked to any disease going, um, whether it's cancer, obesity, diabetes, um, stroke, Alzheimer's, you name it. It's been, there's, there's research out there to suggest a link between a lack of sleep and those. Um, so yes, yeah, super, super important. Obviously health is the most important thing for all of us, yeah, particularly in this day, 
day and age, right? So I'll give you a little, I'll try and keep this short because this usually goes on for quite a bit and I could talk about this for hours um, and sometimes I end up in a rabbit hole if I get asked loads of questions. So I'm going to keep this really short and just explain how sleep works. So essentially, during a period of sleep, your body will go through multiple cycles of sleep. Um, any These are anywhere between 90 to 120 minutes long. Um, so you'll go through multiple of those in the night. Now, the ones, the first few cycles uh, during the night tend to be deeper. So you'll spend more time in deep sleep and your cycles towards the uh, morning uh, as, as you're about to wake up, they tend to be in a lighter sleep known as your REM sleep. Uh, that's more commonly the phase when you will dream, which is why you tend to dream in the morning just before you wake up. So, so that's quite important and um, bit, bit, bit of interest there. Now, your desire to go to sleep is influenced by two different things. Uh, the first thing is, is the, something called sleep pressure, which is essentially just the time from when you woke up in the morning. So uh, as soon as you wake up in the morning, your body starts releasing a chemical called adenosine. And as you go throughout the day, that chemical builds up. And when it reaches a, a high level, it basically makes you more and more tired. And the more exercise you do and the more activity you do, the more adenosine you release, which is why when you've had a hard day working out, you tend to be a little bit more tired at the end of the day. That's the first factor. The second factor is something known as your circadian rhythm, which is actually uh, more commonly known as your body clock. And everyone's got one of these body clocks built inside of them. Um, essentially, that governs sort of when you get a little bit more tired and a little bit more awake. But it takes um, it takes uh, influence from things outside the body as well. So light can influence your circadian rhythm, noise can influence your circadian rhythm, and your routine can influence your circadian rhythm. So there's a few things that impact that. Now, everyone's circadian rhythm is a little bit different. So you have night owls, they're known as, and they tend to be people that stay up a little bit later and sleep in a little bit later. And you've got people like myself who are, I'm a morning person. I like to wake up really early in the morning. And I like to go to bed early. In fact, we're not knocking off a million miles away from my bedtime, to be fair. Um, so yeah, you have those people. Now, a lot of people think they're one, but they're actually not. And it tends to be Particularly, most people will say they're a night they're a night person. When actually, I found that a lot of people that think they're night people, they're actually not. But they've just got really poor sleep habits and their sleep hygiene so poor that actually they're staying up later. And actually, as a result, that's why they lie in. That's why they lie in in the morning. It's not because um, it's actually built built within them. So that's quite important. Um, just making sure I'm just I've made a few notes to make sure I cover it, seeing as I'm cutting this down quite short. Yeah, so those uh, the circadian rhythm and your sleep pressure are super important. I usually talk about that for about four years. So I'm well aware that I've not covered everything. If anyone on here knows lots about sleep, I think you'll be thinking, oh, that guy doesn't know what he's on about. I could talk for ages about that, but I've kept that really short and just given you some really simple facts that you might need to know, all right? So the good stuff now that is super important is how to get better sleep. Now I say better and not more because it's not necessarily sleeping for longer. I know plenty of people that lie in bed for eight hours, um, but actually what happens is they're waking up loads during the night and they're not sleeping particularly deeply. And as such, they need to sleep better, not for longer. Um, they need to make better use of their eight hours. Now, before we go into this um, little bit of information about sleeping better, what's super important to understand about any strategy, um, it's much like nutrition and exercise. Don't approach this like you would at like 100 mile an hour. If you're currently sleeping for two, three hours a night, don't aim for perfection, which is, you know, sleeping a lot longer than that. If you can sleep, if you're currently sleeping four and we can get you to sleeping five or six hours, that's a massive improvement. If you're waking up four or five times in the night, but now you only wake up two or three, that is absolutely perfect. So that is super important to understand. And also as well, it's 
it's, it's, a, it's really individual and some things that some people want to change, other people aren't going to want to change as well. So um, I'm going to give some strategies now. Uh, some are super effective with quite minimal effort. Um, and as such, they're probably the ones you want to start, 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 start with. And I'll let you know which ones are really easy to apply. All right. So the, with 90% of the people I work with that have come to, to consult with me that have said, you know, I'm waking up multiple times during the night or I struggle to get to sleep or I'm asleep for six hours, but I just don't feel very fresh when I wake up in the morning. For the majority, unfortunately, caffeine is the culprit. Um, I do a lot of work with people on caffeine and um, yeah, it's usually the culprit. The reason caffeine is it's so wide, wide, widely consumed um, that it's just become the norm. And I think that's why I have such a, a hard work approaching this subject with so many people is because they've grown up for ages with it being the normal thing. Now, I'll give you a little story. So my grandpa, um, he came to me and uh, he's 92. He's a cantankerous old man and he was a colonel in the army and really, you know, very independent, does not want any help from anybody. And he approached me and said, can I help him with his sleep? And I said, of course I can. Um, but he said, you know, he didn't want to help, help right now, but maybe in the future. That's how my grandpa goes about it. And um, basically what happened was his health had got so bad that actually I ended up doing his shopping for him. So the first thing I did was I, I stopped buying caffeinated tea and coffee because that's all he drinks as well as gin and whiskey. And so I stopped buying uh, caffeinated tea and coffee and I just started buying decaf. Now, I swapped it all over his house. Uh, he didn't know anything about it. And as such, he just started drinking decaf. Two weeks went past and he came to me and said, um, I don't need any help with your sleep anymore because my sleep's got loads better. I've not done anything, but my sleep's got loads better. And as such, because his sleep had got better, his health actually improved and he felt, felt a lot better. Unfortunately, that meant that I no longer did his shopping and he went and did his shopping. He started buying caffeine again because apparently to him, decaf tastes like rubbish, even though he had no idea he'd been drinking it for a fortnight. Um, and as such, he's and started waking up in the night and he asked me for his help again. And we went around this perpetual cycle where I buy, I would buy decaf for him and he would sleep a lot better. Then he would go buy decaf, he would buy caffeinated himself and we'd swap over. So yeah, it's super important. And I have been swapping decaf for caffeinated drinks in most of my family's house now for, because they all say to me, oh, decaf tastes like rubbish. Well, they've probably been drinking it for about a year. Um, I regularly swap it over. I swap it over at the gym when people say to me like, oh, I don't drink decaf. Um, it honestly tastes no different. Providing you buy a good quality brand, uh, it really tastes no different. Now, the reason caffeine affects people so much is because you cannot become immune to the effects of caffeine on sleep. A lot of people think that, you know, because they don't get the buzz from coffee anymore, it means they're immune to the effects of coffee on their sleep. Uh, another example they'll give is like, I can have a cup of coffee before bed and I'll go straight, straight, straight to sleep. Um, and I can as well. Um, but that does not necessarily mean caffeine's not affecting you. So remember I said earlier that the, uh, the chemical adenosine builds up throughout, throughout the day. Essentially, what caffeine does is it blocks the receptors that senses that adenosine. So what happens is the adenosine's building up, but your body's not recepting it, so your sleep pressure doesn't build up. Now, eventually, when the caffeine does clear anywhere from, you know, four to 12 hours later, uh, your, the, the receptors are flooded with that adenosine that's floating around, and that's why you get that, that caffeine crash, essentially. So, yeah, it blocks those receptors so you don't get a buildup of sleep pressure. Now, what that does, even if you are able to go to sleep having drunk loads of caffeine, it actually affects the depth at which you, at which you sleep. So you no longer sleep as deep, 
which uh, we mentioned earlier is where all the anabolic hormones are produced. So if you're not sleeping as deep, ch chances are um, you, you, you're not going to be as effective um, in any, any of your goals because of a lack of sleep, essentially. So yeah, that's super important. Um, if, if you're not willing to swap to decaf, like I, I personally, I don't work with anyone that's not willing to give up caffeine because I generally believe it has such a large effect on sleep um, that I, I won't work with anyone that's not willing to give up um, caffeine personally. Um, I've worked with so many people in the past that have gone, oh, oh I just don't, I've just, I'm just, I'm, I'm not, I'm not into it. And eventually when they do, um, it's a game changer. My uh, business part, part, partner, Sean, he was, when I met him, he was coffee, four or five a day, last one at six o'clock in the evening, he called decaf for fairy boys. And now he's probably one of my biggest preachers that preaches decaf because I managed to swap it over for him just by swapping decaf in the kitchen and he started drinking it. So yeah, decaf. If you can swap to decaf or just stop drinking caffeine altogether, I guarantee you now you will sleep better. All right. I give mine up personally from lunchtime. Um, if you're currently drinking one in bed, you know, you can shift it back to early evening. That will make a difference. But quite frankly, giving up earlier is better. So caffeine's my number one tip, all right? Cut it out early, all right? Next one is the environment. So your body is designed to sleep when it's cool, quiet, dark, and comfortable, all right? That's why your body will naturally sleep in the nighttime, all right? All those things influence your circadian rhythm. Now, the reason I put this quite high up in the list is you've got to be comfortable to go to sleep. Um, that's really important all right so everyone knows it's very hard to sleep on gravel as it is to a bed the reason is the comfort's so important and it's really just it's a one-off expense so you know you buy a comfy du duvet you buy a comfy pillow and it's done once and then it's done it's not a habit you have to form you're just going to do it once all right um the thing it comes to is the cool dark and quiet so however you go about that i don't really mind i personally live on a quiet road so i open the window get a bit of fresh air in uh, I make sure the heating's turned off, even though I have battles with the missus who keeps switching it back on. Uh, and then I will sometimes wear, if I'm sleeping somewhere a bit louder, I might wear sort of like a earplugs um, or I might, might wear an eye mask. So yeah, get in your room, cool, dark, quiet is super effective and it's sort of minimal effort as well, really. Uh, next one is managing light. Now, this one is really effective, but it's a little bit harder to do. So essentially, because your body was designed to go to sleep when it's dark, um, light has a significant effect on the body. So the way you can relate to that is if you think about how much easier it is to wake up in summer when it's light outside compared to waking up in winter when it's dark, that's because light is basically sending a cue to your body to be awake. Now, that's great. Now, most people have cur curtains, etc., that block out the light, which is fantastic. However, most people are, sh are shining a device in their face just before they go to bed. They'll be sat on their phone, on their laptop, watching a telly in bed. Now, essentially, what those, what that light does is it's giving your body the cue that, you know, essentially it's wake time, so it, it, it's staying awake. And even if you can go to sleep, again, because your body's influenced by, um, because your body's influenced by the light, it's not going to sleep as deep. All right. So if you can limit your light exposure, particularly to tech technology and evenings, that's great. I'm aware that a lot of people can't do that. So the sort of first step towards moving to, towards that is to apply a night filter to your phone. Most phones have them. They are effective, but they're not as effective as having the night filter on and turning your brightness all the way down. All right. So that's that's sort of the next best thing. All right. I personally sometimes have to use my phone phone before bed because I have to check sessions for the next day. But I will have a night filter on and I will turn the brightness all the way all the way down another way as well as you wear those orange blue light glasses but um 
I've got prescription lenses and they're super expensive for me, so I haven't got any at the minute. But I would wear them. Plus, you look like you look like a bit of a Wally. Um, I don't really mind that. Um, I look like a Wally most of the time anyway, so it's fine. So yeah, managing light. Now, another way you can effectively manage light as well is because even though light does affect your sleep in the evenings, it's really effective for making you more awake in the morning. So the sooner you can get outside, um, the, the, the better essentially. So if you can get outside in the morning, the uh, light will instantly sort of start your body off producing the hormones that are gonna wake you up in the morning. Um, not only that as well, but the fresh air is decent, but also as well later on that evening, because you've exposed yourself to light in the morning, uh, it actually limits the effects of the light exposure in the evening. So that's quite cool. Now I'm aware that a lot of people can't get light in the evenings. I personally have a, I suffer from from uh, something called a seasonal affective disorder, where I actually get a little bit depressed in winter due to the lack of light. So I have a light that I can sit in front of um, that represents daylight. I also have these things called a human char charger, which everyone's always really curious about, which are like my um, earphones here, but they actually shine a light in my ear um, and they allow me to drive drive to work whilst essentially using a sad lamp. And that's quite interesting. Um, I always get loads of quats questions about those at the end. Yeah, so managing light, that's super important. Next one is winding down. So obviously you're designed to go to bed, not when you're stressed. Oh, if anyone's asked a question on it, I'll, I'll get to that at the end, all right? I'm just kind of steaming ahead with all my information and then I'll answer them all at the end. Uh, so yeah, winding down. Your body should, you ideally, you know it's really hard to go to bed when you've got racing thoughts or stress. Um, there's a few ways you can go, go about it. Um, some people like to meditate, you know, do yoga, have a bath, um, read a book, um, anything they do to relax. Um, and they're absolutely cool. As long as they're not having a negative effect on your sleep, then whichever one you want to do to relax is, is great. I personally find that my best is to download my thoughts onto paper and to plan my next day. Uh, it's, it's something that I I, I, you know, I, I live by, I always plan my next day the night before. I've got so much going on. I, I have a, a gym to run. I have like six coaches to look after. I work at the uni. I mentor coaches there. I've got a newborn. I've got, I've got a house renovations to do. I've got so much to do that that even just thinking about all that now is making me a little bit stressed. I, I literally write down what I have to do the next day. Um, if I didn't do that, I would get super worked up about stuff and I'd be sat in bed thinking about it. Whereas if I can download it onto paper, plan my next day, I find that helps me to switch off. But you take whatever steps you need to take to relax before bed. Um, the next one is really effective and a lot of literature out there says it's, it's the best thing you can do for sleep. And I do firmly believe that it is really effective. However, it's really hard to do. Um, and that is your routine. So if you can, you know, go to sleep um, at the same time every night and wake up at the same time every single morning, then essentially your body will get really used to that. The problem I have with that, me, is I get up at quarter to five in the morning. I am not getting up at quarter to five on the weekends. So, you know, it might be really effective for sleep. I personally would rather apply other things than apply that because if I started setting my alarm for quarter to five on the weekends, I'd have a black eye from when the missus rolled, rolled over and hit me because I sleep so deep as well that she usually hears my alarm before me and wakes me up. So, yeah, um, getting in a routine is really effective. There's a book out there called Sleep by Nick Littlehouse who was the guy that worked with Manchester United. He was like the first sleep coach. And that's basically one of the premises he lives by is, um, is, is essentially having a routine. And if you don't have a routine, then he does something called, oh, I'm getting to a sidetrack now, but he essentially manages sleep and getting um, multiple cycles, which we, talk, we talked about earlier. But you know, it's, it's a long conversation if we go down that route. So 
yeah, we got that. The last one is is the simple things, all right, I call it. It's because everybody has little different things that keep them awake. It could be a radiator that clicks in the middle of the night when the heating comes on. It could be a spring poking out a mattress. It could be a snoring partner, a barking dog. It could be the fact that you live on the next to the council yard and the, uh, I've had this before is why I mentioned this is someone lived next to the council yard and um, they had the window open every time they went to sleep but what was happening in the morning was the bin lorries were driving past and they were waking them up but they weren't even realising that it was the bin lorries because they were gone by the time they were awake and they just thought they were waking up at five o'clock in the morning and we later found out it was the uh, bed lorries that were waking her up in the morning so yeah that was quite cool um, but everyone's got little things that keep them awake I always say what mine is because people always laugh. Um, so the thing that keeps me awake is if I breathe through my mouth. I'm not alone in that. A lot of people snore because they breathe through their mouth. Um, but despite the size of these nostrils here, sometimes when I go to sleep, my body still wants to breathe through my mouth. Um, so I actually wear something called a nasal dilator, which dilates my, my, my nose and, and allows me to breathe a little bit more clear, clearer through the night. Um, it gets even more weird than that. Um, there's actually something called mouth taping, which is probably got on the rise now. It's um, in some of the, the wellness stuff, but it involves essentially taping your mouth shut, um, encouraging you to breathe through your nose. So not only do I shove a nasal dilator up my nose, but I tape my mouth shut as well. Um, and people always find that really funny, so I always let people know. But essentially, I can do all that other stuff, the caffeine, the environment, um, the stress, the de-stress, um, the winding down, the routine, but... If my mouth's open and I breathe my mouth when I go to sleep, I wake up at three o'clock in the morning with a throat like Gandhi's flip-flop and I can't breathe. So if I don't take my mouth shut and put something in my nose, um, I don't get a good night's sleep. So yeah, just to recap, caffeine um, after lunchtime. If you've never tried giving it up before, you'll get a headache for a couple of days um, that's worth powering through. All right, And then you will feel absolutely amazing. Um, you will sleep better without even knowing it. Um, and I guarantee you it's having an effect, all right? Second one is environment. So you want your room to be cool, quiet, dark, and calm. You want to manage light. So get off your phone in bed, turn off the telly if you can, um, and then try and get outside in the mornings because that really helps. Next one is winding down. So manage stress. However you manage stress before bed, do it. It massively helps. And then routine, if you're able to, if you're not a shift worker or not really, uh, not really early, you know, you work a nine to five, for instance, might be a little bit easier for you to wake up at eight o'clock every single day. Um, that is really effective if you are able to do that, because essentially what it does is it gives you a really strong circadian rhythm, your body clock inside of you get so used to it. It's a bit like, you you know, you, everyone's got that old uncle that was a plumber that wakes up at six o'clock every day to go to work without even setting his alarm. And that's just because he's got such a strong body clock within him. And the last one is the simple things. So whatever it is, identify it, whatever keeps you awake. If you've got a partner that snores, get them to sleep in a different room or sort out their snoring. Um, if it's an uncomfortable mattress, then sort that out. If it's a barking dog, um, close your windows, never work with your neighbour, then yeah, do that, essentially. Right, I've waffled on for ages. I hope I didn't go too fast, but I was well aware that I only had sort of 20 minutes or so to get through that. Um, I, like I said, I usually go for an hour and a half and I spin more more dits and sto stories and funny stuff, but I wanted to get the information in there. So I'm going to go on on the on the group and uh, look at the comments I've had and try and answer as many quest questions as I can. So how do I get it up? So I've had any reason why muscle mass is broken down versus fat. Yeah, so the research that came out that's, that suggested that um, 
that, that well, it not suggested it basically ha it, it linked a causation between the two. Um, it didn't actually give a mechanism behind it. I would imagine, given what we know about anabolic hormone profiles and being more catabolic when you're tired, um, everyone knows, um, well, everyone's sort of like, that's sort of done a little bit of research in the fitness industry knows that being catabolic um, essentially means you break down muscle mass and, and retain fat a little bit easier. So I imagine the fact that if you're sleep deprived, your hormone profile shifts from anabolic to catabolic. And that's the, uh, that's the reason you would essentially burn more um, muscle mass than you would fat. I also think as well, it would likely influence in the long term how hard you worked in the gym. So yeah, I think that would be another contributing factor, but I imagine it's likely down to the, um, I imagine it's likely down to the anabolic hormone pro profile. It's actually one of the areas that I'm pursuing. I'm trying to go on a PhD. I'm trying to get someone to fund my PhD. Um, and that's one of the areas that I'm, I'm looking to go down with my research. So I'll let you know if in six years time I managed to prove anything. Uh, what blunts sleep pressure? Yeah, so the, the main one that blunts sleep pressure is caffeine. Um, yeah, essentially that affects it. Um, the main one, yeah, often I have a conversation about alcohol. Alcohol doesn't help people sleep better. It, um, it affects it um, negatively. It's a long conversation if we go down the reasons of why. Um, but yeah, that influences sleep pressure, um, but it also uh, affects your circadian rhythm as well and makes you more sensitive to light. So yeah, mostly caffeine is what blunts sleep pressure. Does tea have the same effect? Yes, tea is high in caffeine as well. Uh, coffee is higher. But um, tea has caffeine in it as well. The same goes for Red Bull. Um, dark chocolate's got some caffeine in it. Not much. I wouldn't be too concerned about that. But Red Bull, Coca-Cola. I had one person. Uh, basically, whenever I do these sleep consults and we go through like why people aren't sleeping, <laughs> it's quite funny, really. When I first started out, I'd be like, oh, do you drink any caffeine? They'd be like, no, I don't drink any. And I'd be like, okay, we'd move on. And we'd go down these rabbit holes of trying to work out why people weren't sleeping. And then when we came back to the crux of it, like they were having a Pepsi Max before they went to bed. Like, and, and, I, and I now don't waste any time and I make sure they do me a food diary, everything they eat and drink for a week beforehand. And usually we find caffeine in there somewhere before bed. But yeah, tea has caffeine, Red Bull, um, a lot of caffeinated drinks, some Lucozade have caffeine in. Yeah, all, all, all of those are super, super negative on sleep. Would you try one tool at a time? Yeah, I essentially would try... Um, I would try whatever I fancied first. I, I would personally go for, I would recommend people go for caffeine because I believe it has the largest effect um, and it's really easy to give up. So yeah, I would say go down the caffeine route first, but try one, try one at a time. Am I still on? Not sure if I'm still on. Yeah, it's there. No, never mind. It flashed up with a with a signal, so I wasn't sure if I was still on. So, oh, Mark said, yeah, okay, sorry, I only just got that. Um, yeah, would I try one tool at a time? It's a bit like anything, really. It's a bit like nutrition. So you wouldn't say, right, give up crisps, chocolate, pizza. I know some PTs do, but they tend to know not what they're doing. You give up. Um, you give up. You, you you gradually approach things. If someone's super receptive to the to, to 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 the changes in habit, then they can try a little bit more. Um, but some people one 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 thing might be all they can handle at once. So, I tend to base it on an individual that I'm work working with. Um, 
I think if you choose the ones that take minimal effect, like um, giving up caffeine or reducing alcohol intake and buying a new pillow, you might be able to try a few of those at once. But if you're trying to do the routine, um, the wind down before bed, giving up caffeine, um, getting outside in the mornings, it's going to be quite easy to fail. Um, and essentially, you're probably not going to keep them up. Um, I would probably do one, do it until it becomes easy and the habit becomes easy. And then I would essentially move on to the next one if I wasn't um, sure that I was going to be able to stick to mul multiple ones at once. I think there's a really good book called Atomic Habits where they talk about habit stacking. Um, and that is sort of like attaching things on to others. So I find a really effective way is everyone brushes their teeth. Well, I hope everyone brushes their teeth before bed. If you can attach a habit to brushing your teeth, like, right, I'm going to brush my teeth and then I'm going to put down my plan my next day into my book then you've attached a habit onto another one and it becomes much easier to form. So yeah, that might be something to try, but it's all individual, the same as nu nutrition is, um, approach it in a way that you believe you can stick with it. After all, adherence is the most important thing. Um, found the alarm clock. Yeah, I love the alarm clocks that have a natural daylight. They are brilliant. However, my missus hates them because they wake her up. So I'm not allowed one of them, unfortunately. But um, if you're if you're sing single, then yeah, they are probably my favourite way to wake up in the morning. I'm actually sleeping in a different room now because of the newborn. And um, I, I like leaving the curtains open so I can get a little bit of sunlight in the week, um, in on the weekdays so that I wake up um, a little bit more naturally. And that makes makes me feel quite good when I get up. Uh, what are your thoughts on lavender? Yeah, lavender's got some efficacy for improving sleep. So if you find it works for you, I would say give it a go. I would say, you know, if you're having like lavender before bed, but also having a coffee, I would argue that, you know, the effects of lavender is going to be quite limited. Um, this probably has a small effect on sleep. I can't even remember if it's particularly scientifically researched, but I know there's a lot of people out there tapping it. I personally don't use it myself, but um, I would argue there's a lot bigger rocks you should tackle first before people go to that. Um, you struggle from insomnia. Yeah, really sorry to hear that. Um, it's, I can't imagine what it's like to, uh, well, I can a little bit because I did a lot of sleep deprivation in the, in the military and since, um, and, uh, yeah, I would, I would say tackle the big rocks first before you sort of try and add in like something like lavender, which has quite a small effect. So yeah, I would try, I'd try that. Um, work two night shifts a week. Yeah. I, I really didn't have time to just cover night shifts alone. Um, night shifts are horrible. Um, they really play havoc on your circadian rhythm. Um, yeah, really, really hard. Um, and essentially what I would say there, and this goes for all the habits really, that is control the things you can you can control and don't worry too much about the things you can't. So obviously if you're working night shifts, you're not gonna be able to get in a routine. So don't get worked up that you can't get in a routine. Um, but you can, there are certain things you can control. So me personally, I would, I would aim to be caffeine free at normal times you should be sleeping. So I would, given the fact you're doing two, two night shifts a week, I would try and steer clear, clear of caffeine uh, where possible. Um, yeah, just based off the fact that your circadian rhythms play havoc anyway, that if you were to then drink caffeine as well, it almost creates another sense that you should be awake. So yeah, I would go caffeine free and I would just apply as much of this as you could. So, uh, you know, there's nothing stopping you, you from getting a, a really good environment um, so that when you do come home and you're sleeping during the day, that you've got really good blinds that block out light 
Um, you've got something that makes the room a little bit cooler because it will naturally be a little bit warmer during the day. Um, obviously during the day people tend to make a bit more noise, your next door neighbours might do some building work or something so if you can get some earplugs or anything like that that might help. Um, yeah you could write down your thoughts if you're a little bit stressed, basically control anything you are able to control and it will help sleep. However there's so much research out, out there now just basically suggesting that night, night shift work plays havoc on people's rhythm but it's, it's a necessity in, in jobs so yeah, there's not much you can do about it. I would just say control the things you can control. Um, and when you do come home, for instance, if you if you wanted to go to sleep um, when you come home from work, then obviously stay clear of the caffeine and then do as much of the stuff you can do, like making the room cool, quiet and dark, essentially. I think my snoring wakes me up. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, yeah, usually it's other people's partners keeping them awake, not their own snoring. So that's funny. Um, but yeah, I would say... If it's your snoring, then that's one of the simple things you need to sort out. So uh, I would argue that a lot of the time sleeping on your back makes snoring worse. Um, it can be a lot. I, I snore personally if I breathe from my mouth. So the things I suggested earlier about you can sort of use like a nasal cleansing thing before bed or you can get the, the, the strips if you're not into the mouth taping. But that might help as well. What was the name of the author of the sleep book I mentioned? Yeah. So that guy's called Nick Littlehales. I personally, I do like his book, but you've got to take it with a pinch of salt. A better book is called Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker. That's a fantastic book about sleep. Um, really interesting insights. He, he did a few talk shows a while back because his book came out and he was on his book tour and it was really, really good. Um, I much preferred that to Nick Littlehale's one. Nick Littlehale's is a great book and he knows his stuff about sleep, but he's selling a method of tracking sleep via cycles and he sells a lot of kit that goes along with it and I just feel that's influenced some of the decisions he's made with his book but that book's called Sleep it's original um but uh, I, I much prefer Math, Math, Matthew Walker's book which is Why Why We Sleep. What's the time? Ah god I went on didn't I? 22 never mind I learn. This is my first one I've done on, of these online. Usually I do this in person, so I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, you are welcome to get in touch with me at any point about this. Um, my name's Chris Bundell, B-B-U-N-D-E-L-L. -L, and luckily no one else has that name really that I've ever met. So all my social media handles are at Chris Bundell, which is awesome. So yeah, you can get more information on there. Um, yeah, cool. I'm going to shoot, guys. Um, I really hope everyone sleeps well. Um, and yeah, like I said, if I can recommend one thing and one thing only, um, caffeine from the afternoon onwards, get rid of it. It will help you beyond. Good night, guys, and sleep well. <laughs>